what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. What is good? What is good? Welcome back to another episode of the Spirit-Filled Real Talk podcast. I am excited about this episode. I don't think that I'm ever not excited, but this one, I think, you know, when people ask you that question, like if there were one thing, one thing that you could tell your younger self that would have radically changed your entire life, what would that have been? Or better said, what would have saved you years of pain or unnecessary stress in your life if you'd known this one thing? Okay, so we're going there today. This is a really strong message, as you can tell from the title, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places. (laughs) So in all the wrong places, all the wrong places. So I do want to bring this up because when you're clear on this, what that really exposes you to is the opportunity to find inner peace, find contentment, find a new way of showing up in the world and managing your inner life and your time and your energy and your emotions and just being able to flow versus resist life. So what you can expose yourself to will be extremely powerful if you can pick up what I'm laying down today. All right. So I want to start by just asking you this question. And I just, if you're driving, don't close your eyes or anything. (laughs) But if you are seated, or even if you're on a, maybe you can't do this on a walk either. But you know, just just take it into a a visualization-like place. If your eyes have to be open, okay, but give it some thought. When was a time where you felt totally aligned? where you felt in sync, you felt in the flow, you felt like you were just totally in the right place at the right time, things were working out for you, things were coming together. Visualize that place. Let that place come to mind for you. Whatever it is, just let that come to mind. Now, go a little bit deeper with this, and when you think of alignment, and what that feels like, what are different words that you can use to describe alignment? Just come up with those. I'm gonna share a few, but come up with them for you too. I don't wanna you know, think for you here, but what are, what are the feelings? What are the thoughts? What comes up for you when you think about alignment? What is that like? Okay, so for me personally, I have this picture of me floating in the ocean in Jamaica. That is my happy place, okay? So I just have this picture in my mind, this memory of me just being fully supported by the depth of the ocean, right? It's the most profound thing where you can just float on salt water. It's such a cool feeling, right? If you like that sort of thing. (laughs) 
maybe not cool for everybody, but it feels really, really cool for me where you're almost just weightless, yet you're being held, right? There's so much going on, but you're oblivious to it all. And it just, it's so cool. And when you're laying like that on the surface of the water, you can hear like everything differently, like under the water. It's so cool. And you can hear what's happening around you, but it's different. It's like muted in some way. So so cool. Love that. So I have this picture of me just being held and floating on saltwater in Jamaica. And for me, when I think of alignment, what it feels like is it feels like peace. It feels like I'm present in a moment. It feels like contentment. It feels like a breath of fresh air, like a deep sigh where you're just like, <sighs> right? Like it, it feels like that. Like I'm aligned, right? And it feels also like gratitude. Like I'm so grateful that, you know, I'm in a place where I can recognize this moment, right? So those are some examples of what comes up for me. But I want to invite you to think about alignment as your home base. Alignment is home. I know when I brought myself to the point, I don't know how to say this clearly, but when I received a revelation, rather, that alignment is home for me, that was profound, okay? This was a huge aha moment for me because I'd spent many years of my life, I think I moved at least seven times, right? So I didn't have a quote-unquote home, right? Even now, you know, there isn't a quote-unquote home that feels like mine. I, although, I, though, although I own a home, I think it's more about, you know, who you're spending your time with and, and who feels like home to you. So for me personally, to have this experience of alignment being home was incredibly powerful because when I knew what that felt like, I knew who then also could recognize that and resonate with that and also be grateful for that and who would disrupt that. Oh, I hope you heard that. So if you can really consider that alignment is home, you always know where to come back to. Okay, and so for me, alignment being home is connecting to the spirit of God in me. That is home. That is home. So I can do that. It doesn't matter where I am. I can do it when I'm traveling. I can do it in the middle of my day. I can do it anywhere, anytime. I can come home. Okay, and so that is a really, really big deal when it seems like, especially in the world we live in now, there's so much that's outside of our control. There's so much that's shifting. There's so much that's changing. So for me, if I can just come home whenever I need to, whenever I feel a ting of anxiety or whenever my mind starts to wander on something that's going to distract me into the negative, right? Or if I am starting to feel the weight of the world somehow, I can always come home back to this place of alignment, right? Knowing that that is my true nature, that that inevitably will flow out of me if I don't focus on other things, right? That is what I am designed to do. That is my nature, right? So I, I really want to invite you to think about those things because that's really encouraging when you can keep in mind that no matter where you are, right? No matter what time of the day it is, you can always come home. You can always choose to align with whatsoever is pure, lovely, noble, praiseworthy, with your center, with God. You can always come back to God. God is always available for you to connect to. And that's so important to know. So now that you've got that as a setup, here's the thing. All the wrong places, looking for love in all the wrong places, here's where this comes from. This doesn't make you a quote unquote bad human <laughs> in any sort of way, but this is how we're trained. We are trained 
from a young age to resist life. I know that sounds whack, but many of us live our lives like that for the long term, for the long haul, right? For however long we're here, we live looking for love in all the wrong places. And here's how it starts. We are really taught that we need to make the people around us happy. Okay, we're taught that we need to make mommy happy, your daddy happy, your sister happy, your brother happy, your teacher happy, or follow these rules or obey these instructions, right? We do these things and when we're young, we think that we have to in order to be lovable, right? If I don't do this, then mommy, daddy, somebody's going to withhold love right? Something bad is going to happen. So I need to keep showing up and keep proving that I'm lovable by making everybody around me happy. Okay. Do you see how this might be a setup for failure? (laughs) Right. And if you're looking for love outside of you, there will never be enough because you're looking from a deficit. I hope you heard that. Okay. So when you're actually looking from love, when you're looking for it, The very nature of that is backwards, okay? So usually what starts to happen too is when we start to, so that's one way. We we learn to look for love in all the wrong places by trying to make people around us happy. And inevitably what that trains us to do is be extra hard on ourselves. We're never enough. What we do is never enough. We can never give enough time. You know, how we perform, whatever that is in school, we never get the best grades. You know, we never can make this person happy no matter what we do or the sacrifices we make, right? We start this pattern that becomes very unhealthy, okay? So that's one way that we look for love in all the wrong places. Another one, practically, is we start to feel fear of some kind, right? Something makes us uncomfortable, right? You might be... um, afraid of of losing your relationship. You might be afraid of sharing your voice and being rejected. You might be afraid of um, losing stability of some kind, whether that's a job or finances, whatever that might be. There, There could be some fear, and fear always trains you to look for the absence of something, not the presence of something. So it trains you to focus on what you don't have, and it completely blinds you to what you do have. That's why it's a, a really a weapon of mass destruction in your life. Fear is no good. Fear is no good, okay? So between these two things, we can have a really messy life if we want to, <laughs> right? We can really overwhelm ourselves by trying to make other people happy. We can live in fear and overwhelm and stress every day. And we can keep that pattern going until we choose not to, until we choose to do something about it. So that's what I'm here to help you do on today. So just so you have some context or perspective about practically where that comes from. It's not, again, you being good human, bad human, any of that stuff. It's just, this is how we're trained, right? We're trained to make people around us happy. And when we feel fear, we're not trained what to do with that. So we just start focusing on it. And then that leads to control. That can lead to manipulation. That can lead to all sorts of things. So we're going to talk about how to stop this pattern of looking for love in all the wrong places. And that's really why I gave you this example at the beginning of how love is all about alignment, okay? Loving is alignment. Love is is really caring about your alignment. Tracking with me? So 
deciding how it is that you want to feel, right? And so God even says, thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So when we focus on God and who God is and God's quality and his power and his faithfulness and his goodness and his mercy and his steadfastness and his stability and his power, right? When we do that, we are What we focus on grows more. We're coming into alignment when we focus on God. And when we focus on what he tells us to do, focus on whatsoever is pure, focus on whatsoever is lovely, noble, praiseworthy, right? When we start deciding that, you know what? I'm actually going to apply that. I'm going to decide that even if I feel some kind of fear, that's not what I'm going to focus on and that's not what I'm going to give life or energy or attention to. Instead, I'm going to be deliberate about what I focus on and what I tolerate in my being, right? I'm not just gonna like give every thought airtime in my mind. I'm not gonna just overindulge in feeling something that I don't wanna keep feeling. I can actually change how I feel. That's how powerful I am. Same to you, right? So if I don't want to feel myrrh, I literally can disrupt that pattern. I can go work out. I can call a friend and encourage them and give them what I think I need and just watch how that actually fills me up. I can go perform an act of service of some kind. I can even go just take a nap and turn down my brain for a second, right? I can pray. There's so much that I can do if I decide to direct my focus, right? So when you decide how it is that you want to feel, You can really just start with easy things until you really get the hang of it. So for example, you can start by thinking about people, things, um, animals (laughs) that are easy to love. Okay, just think about it, right? Maybe, Maybe you have a pet that's just so wonderful and fun and unconditional and you just love them and they're so easy to love. Or maybe there is you know, a a person in your life where you feel that way about them, right? They just are this person that you're like, oh my God, you embody like Holy Spirit in God's presence so well. Like I just feel that on you. You're such an encouragement and an uplifter. And I just know being around you immediately makes me feel better, right? But decide how you want to feel and start with easy things until you get the hang of it. Now, if you've got to go like really easy where you feel a bit cray, totally fine too, right? There, there's been times, there's been seasons, and even to this day, I am amazed that I'm in a place where I can actually do this. But there will be times where I am laying in my bed and I'm like, oh my goodness, I am just so grateful that I have this like really great Tempur-Pedic like pillow that I feel so snuggled on right now. I'm so grateful that I'm just warm and that I got a really great night of sleep, right? That makes me feel aligned. I feel grateful. And if you have to start there and be super basic about it, do it until you get the habit of, until you get the hang of it and you you really build this new habit of training yourself to deliberately focus on whatsoever is good, lovely, praiseworthy. Find things that make you feel aligned and start really practicing thinking about those things. Okay, this might be you know, you might, your familiarity with this might be a gratitude list, but I really encourage you to go deeper with the feelings of things. Okay. All right. Now, as I mentioned, we've been trained to be lovable, but not aligned. Can you see how this is a problem? Just try it on for a second, right? So if I've been trained to constantly make people around me happy, where does that become a problem? when this other person is just set on not being happy. There is no amount of 
energy, no amount of investment, no amount of me bending, flexing, whatever I got to do to show up in this person's life that's going to change their happy. It ain't going to happen. If they choose not to be happy, there's nothing I can do about it. Really and truly, right? So if I make that about me and all the gymnastics that I have to do to make this person happy, let alone multiple humans in my life happy, I am trying to train myself to be lovable, which means I am going to be miserable because at the end of the day, I can't control what is going on in any other human and I don't want to, right? And I would actually anticipate that that's the same for you, (laughs) right? That's not what we have the power to do. There's free will involved here, right? And nobody wants to be controlled. And if you think about it even deeper, you don't want to control anybody that you actually love. You don't want that, right? Because even if you coerce them into being lovable in your sense of what that means, how would you feel about somebody doing something ultimately that they don't want to do? Gross, right? So training yourself to be lovable is setting yourself up for failure, setting yourself up to be discouraged, overwhelmed, depressed, frustrated, angry, if you let frustration keep growing, right? Just miserable, straight up miserable. But you can train yourself to be aligned with God, right? Who is love. God is love. So when you align with God, when you align with love, you have no need to look for it outside of yourself and you actually become a vessel of it, a carrier of it, and you can just let it flow. Inevitably, it will if you're not resisting it. But you can't love let love flow if you're so busy resisting life and getting caught up in all these other things, right? You've got to make sure that you prioritize your alignment. And then it can shift into focusing on looking for what you can love versus for looking for love in all the wrong places. So when we look for people to love us, that again is moving from a position of unworthiness. It's moving from a position of, I need love from you because I don't believe that I am it or that I have enough of it, right? But if you align, then you're not coming from a deficit, you're coming from overflow, right? Like if your cup is full of love, inevitably it's going to pour into the lives of whoever you encounter. It's going to, right? Just think about this. When you've spent, be real, when you've spent quality time with God or even when you've been in that example that I gave earlier in a complete state of alignment, you are the most joyful human that you've ever encountered right? But that doesn't have to happen when you're just on an awesome vacation and you have no cares in the world. In fact, when you have all the cares in the world, you can still come home to that place of alignment. It's just choosing to focus and training yourself to align versus training yourself to be lovable. Okay? So this is what I want to say about this. This ultimately comes down to priorities. Okay? And so I'm going to give you some practical ways that you can apply this. But in order to make something your priority, you have to commit. And I made a post about this the other day that I just thought was so, so powerful. So I'm going to share it here. It's about commitment. So commitment. Here's what I know by personal experience and just God's wisdom and direction. Commitment is the end of questioning. It's a go until you fail, fix it until it's unfixable with all you've got. You're all in. Commitment is scary because it exposes fears and it also exposes the truth, whether you like it or not. But 
<laughs> the gift of commitment is that when you're committed, there's no torturous anxiety about what you should do. We spend, and I know this in my profession of a professional life coach and working with Aussie clients, and I love them. If you're one of them, hello. I really notice that we spend so much time, sometimes far too much time, really just living in fear of commitment. Literally. Fear of, I'm going to fail, so I, I, I don't want to commit to this because then, you know, if then I don't have the opportunity to fail. Or fear that if I get in this relationship, it's going to end up in divorce, like all these other relationships that I've seen. So I'm just not going to commit. I'm going to keep putting it off, right? Because that keeps me safe. No, it keeps you stuck, actually, and you don't progress there, right? So we, we resist commitment. And what that does is it really opens the door for us to constantly be living in anxiety, right? When your mind is set, right? When it's fixed, when it's focused, you can show up and just give your best energy to a thing. But when it's all over the place, you can't do that, right? If you've tried multitasking, you might be good at it, but are you as effective as God put you here to be? Worth exploring. So committing to alignment will never let you down. Ever, ever, right? Committing and really coming home to God and aligning with God every day, multiple times throughout the day, that will never let you down, ever. Other people might, like you might go to them for upliftment. You might go to them for encouragement. You might go to them to, uh, maybe you're bored and you want them to bring some sort of adventure, entertainment to your day, right? You might have difficulty just being still, right? So maybe you just want to stay busy. But all of that stuff inevitably will let you down. It's not always going to be available. And people and things will not always make you feel good. You can't count on them to bring you back to that place of alignment. They can't bring you back home. So that's something that you have the opportunity to get really intentional about, okay? So alignment will never let you down. So when it comes to prioritizing alignment, one, you got to commit. I know that God is love and loving is alignment. So I'm committing to caring about my alignment by prioritizing it in my life. Okay, so what does that look like, practically speaking, for you? Well, I'm going to give you some examples of what you can do when it comes to priorities. But in the beginning, it might look awkward. And it might feel awkward in the sense of if you are so accustomed and used to just pouring out and giving to other people, you're probably going to have to consecrate yourself, which can feel like isolation and just more time for you to be still and get with God. Okay, if you stay busy, where's the time for stillness? Where's the time to listen? Where's the time to build relationship with God? Okay, if you don't invest in relationship, you don't have one. So you've got to create space for that. So all of the space that you're creating to give to other people, I would encourage you to pull some of that time back to spend with God, right? Which might, again, feel super awkward. But if you know that that is the answer, that is the secret to changing your life, you'll do it. Okay, so with that, I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures here because this is Spirit-filled real talk after, after all, right? So Matthew 6.33 says this. This is the priority. This helps you with priorities right here. Can't make it any more plain than this. But seek first the kingdom of God. Hmm. And his righteousness. Interesting. 
and all these things will be added unto you. What I love about this verse is it tells me what to do with my focus and what I should be seeking. There's so many things that are just competing for my attention and my focus every day, right? For real. But this tells me, seek first before I go and do any of my seeking, before I go seek a coffee, before I go seek my emails, before I go seek anything, seek first the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is what? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So that's seeking God. It's seeking to spend time with God, get in his presence, pray, connect with God, because prayer is having a connection with God and a conversation with God. So seek that first, right? Even from the minute that your eyes open, right? Thank you, God, for this first blessing. Okay, so seek first the kingdom of God. And then what is next? And his righteousness. That's interesting. Okay, the fact that it says his righteousness means there's a difference between his righteousness and mine. Right? Like, I I might think that I'm righteous, but that's self-righteous, okay? And that's not his righteousness. So essentially that's saying, humble yourself before the Lord. Before you think that you're so awesome and empowered in your own strength and understanding, humble yourself before God and connect to his righteousness so that your identity is in alignment, that you've got the full armor of God on, that you know what your, your... purpose is for the day and how God is leading and guiding you in your day, right? And then what does it say? And all these things will be added unto you. So all of that time, energy, emotion, whatever it is, finance, resource that you are pouring out, right? All of that will be added to you if you just flip the script here, so to speak, and seek the kingdom first. And so how I actually say this is, if you take care of God's business, he will take care of yours, okay? So where I particularly have gotten it twisted is I would go after all the things. I have to make it happen. You know, I have to perform, I have to achieve, I have to be the yes person. I've just got to keep going, 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 going. So for the hard, for the longest time, the hardest thing for me to do was to slow down. So I get that with every fiber of my being, okay? And it actually took me years to actually train myself to do it. So this was no easy feat, okay? However, it's the most worthy pursuit of my life. Hashtag God's vibes matter. (laughs) Not all vibes matter, but God certainly do, right? So training yourself to align with God is the best gift that you could ever give yourself or anybody around you. So as you start to do that, right, you'll also start to notice that as you stop worrying about your business and what you think needs your attention, God takes care of that better than you ever could if you just seek him and just obey whatever he's leading you to do. Truly. Okay, now another one is Matthew 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So there's levels to this, right? Now, we're conformed to the pattern of this world, if we don't know anything else. Makes sense, right? Like if this is just what we see, this is what we know, this is what we think is normal, right? So until you're actually reading the word of God and that is becoming alive and active for you as you read it, as you meditate on it, as you think about it, as you mull it over in your mind, as you really break it down and and pray about it and see how does this apply to you personally, 
Your mind is being transformed. You're having these aha moments all of the time. God is giving you revelation. God is speaking to you through his word. And so you don't just live in the world in the same way. You're exposed to something different so that you can't be like the world. You can't, right? You can't erase what you're exposed to. You can't go back to not knowing anymore. So you will be transformed as you read the word of God. You're transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you expose your mind to the truth, inevitably it will be transformed, okay? Now, as you apply what you learn, right, the wisdom, the revelation, the divine downloads that that are revealed to you, right, you apply that when you live in the world and you apply the truth that you were just given, okay? So let's say that you are learning how to demonstrate the fruit of the spirit, right? That means there's going to be a lot of tests, right? Like I I tell people, right, careful if you're praying for patience because all that means is there's going to be so many opportunities for you to be tested in your patience, okay, to develop it in you, right? So that could be traffic. That could be somebody that is having a hard day in the grocery line ahead of you and taking forever, right? There, there could be so many things that happen, but if you know that it's testing your patience, you'll pass the test and you actually might really show up and bless that person in the process, right? So that by testing, you may discern what the will of God is, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So there's different levels to the will of God, which is interesting. I don't hear a lot of people talk about this, but this is clear that there's a good, there's acceptable, and there's a perfect. So you can grow as you practice the word of God in your own life. Beautiful, isn't it? Okay, and then 1 Timothy 3, 5 says, For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? So this is helpful when it comes to boundaries. If I can't take care of my own inner life, how can I help anybody with theirs? In other words, if I can't lead myself, how can I be confident leading anybody else? Things to ponder, right? So that helps me when it comes to how to let my yes be yes and my no be no. It helps me with decision making. It helps me understand what boundaries I need for my life, right? Like if I am not managing my mind well, if I'm emotionally all over the place, like I need to pull myself back a little bit so that I can take care of myself so that I can truly be valuable. And that might be pulling back some of my commitments, some of my volunteering, whatever it happens to be. If I'm losing the grace I need to change that so that I don't make a mess, right? So taking care care of self before others, this is really how you can love your neighbor as yourself. If you are not loving yourself, if you're not taking care of your inner man, your mind, your will, your emotions, what's going on in your heart, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't care for anybody else. That's just facts, right? You've probably seen that play out before. So this is very helpful when it comes to that. And I think verse-wise... That's where I want to go, but I think this is really helpful. So when it comes to priorities too and how to prioritize different things in your life, here is what I'll leave you with. I, when it comes to decision-making around priorities and what to put first and how to move things around, when you have peace, that's when you know, okay? So I like to say, let emotions subside, then decide, or if you're unclear, Don't move and don't make a decision until you have peace about what that is. Now, it still might be uncomfortable, but inevitably you'll know it's the right thing. There will be this knowing, okay? So, you know, I've had this with major purchases. I've had this with 
moves across the country. I've had this with relationships. I've had this with opportunities and, and whether to, to move into one or move out of one, right? Like I've had to really exercise peace as my guide. Okay, if I don't have peace about something, that's letting me know that something's shifting. And I don't necessarily know what that means, but I'm going to stay in this state of peace and really be led. Okay. And then another thing that I'll do is I will pray and obey. Okay, so I will release what I can't control. I will pray about it and I will expect God to show up and I will also obey what I know to do. So for example, when you don't know what to do, this verse gets me every time. Trust God and do good. Interesting. (laughs) Right? Like I could spend my whole day saying, I don't know what to do. I'm so confused. Right? But really he tells me, trust God and do good. When in doubt, trust God and do good. Right? Believe without doubting. Trust God and do good. (laughs) Right? So what does that look like today? How am I going to trust God today and just do good? Right? That's, that's how I know how to, how to prioritize something that, that will, I know inevitably bring me back into alignment. And then the other thing that I will say is the Beatitudes, okay? The Beatitudes is great insight into what God cares about. He cares about our heart, not all the things that we tend to care about. Yes, God cares about what we care about, but I encourage you to look at the Beatitudes too because it really reflects this upside down nature of the kingdom versus the world. So that is another thing to think about. So bringing things together alignment is love. God is love. And aligning with God in all that you think, say, and do is your superpower. This is your secret to living the abundant life that Jesus died to give you, truly, in all aspects, right? And so love is caring about your alignment, right? Because how else do you know love? And if you're not connected to love, how do you think it's just going to flow out of you? Whatever is the most practice habit you have is what's going to flow out of you, truly, okay? So if you're addicted to criticism, if you're addicted to gossip, if you're addicted to just, you know, vain imaginations and murmuring and complaining and just getting so frustrated, right? If you have these habits and patterns, that is what you're aligning with. That is what you're partnering with. That is what you are focusing on. And that is what's growing more in your life. And that's what you're giving as well. So if you don't prioritize your alignment, what do you think is going to happen? Maybe you're sitting in that right now, right? So loving is alignment. Okay. So it is my utmost priority to align with God because I know apart from God, I am nothing. And apart from God, I can do no good thing. Okay. So that really behooves me (laughs) to connect with God, right? So here is what I want to encourage you to do today. Think about alignment when you felt most aligned. Another way you could think about this is when have you really experienced the presence of God in your life? Now, commit to prioritizing your alignment over everything, okay? And make that your priority. Make it your priority to seek the kingdom first, to to move only when you have peace, to pray, to obey, to trust God and do good, right? To build your life on his word, on his foundation, to prioritize your life around spending time with him and whatever he leads you to do, right? It's not you that runs your day. It's what God leads you to do and inspires you to do, right? That is different in how you show up in your day. 
You want to live Holy Spirit infused and fueled, right? You show up different when you're actually empowered by God's energy, not your motivation, not your force, okay? So I just encourage you to think about any patterns that you might have in your life where you've just trained yourself to be lovable, you've trained yourself to be extra hard on yourself, you've trained yourself to please people, to keep going until everybody else is happy and you're exhausted. Maybe that pattern doesn't work anymore. And the encouraging word that I have for you is that you can train yourself to be aligned rather than lovable. Because if you're love, you don't need to be lovable. You already are, (laughs) right? That would cause you in and of itself right there. Just that breakthrough right there is enough to change your life. And then feeling the fear isn't good, bad, right, or wrong. It's just a reminder for you to come back home come back to that place of alignment. So rather than looking for love in all the wrong places, connect with love and send it out to all the places. With me? All right, humans. I hope this message blessed you. If it did and you have not subscribed, make sure that you show some love. This is the perfect opportunity to show some love. So subscribe to this podcast. Also, I am doing a thing. to bless you right back. So if you subscribe, if you rate the podcast, if you give me a comment on the podcast or like a wisdom nugget that really jumped out at you, and then you email page at gmail.com that you've done those things, I will send you a free devotional. So go do that. And then if you want to connect, if you're interested in learning about coaching, if you're interested in getting your inner game together, I am here for you. And I get that journey and it can also be fun. It doesn't have to be drudgery. Nobody got time for that. Go visit julianapage.com to get the books, the coaching, all the things. All right, guys, until next time, stay blessed.